Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. And joining me today, of course, the ones you're here for, it's Jake Seeley, the all-in kid. Same on the Twitter handle, all-in kid. And Brandon Funston online at Brandon Funston. Jake, are you in mid-season form already with week one here? Are you ready to Mutumbo? Are you ready for Check the Links? Are you ready for the heel? Have you embraced the full-on heel yet? <laughs> it's already started over the weekend. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I already screenshotted a couple people like, can't find it anywhere. And it's in the introduction of what you're supposed to do. Or who would you rather have? This person, this person, this person on the rankings page. It's already started. It's already here. Fantasy football season is officially here. It is officially here now, Brandon. We've got game on Thursday. We've got the full slate. Did you catch yourself at all in just kind of a moment of like, you know, there's a, there's a, obviously an excitement to it all, but for us that are doing, you know, your ranks and podcasts that you're just like, oh my God, there is a mountain. There's a mountain of stuff that could never really be done and fully prepared. Even though our drafts are over, I still don't feel like I'm fully prepared for week one. No, I mean, personally, like I just did my local league draft yesterday. I have to enter all the results. I actually do manual schedules. I got a whole bunch oh. of maintenance stuff to do for leagues. Um, and we're in this weird kind of like still kind of trying to put a, you know, a bow on the on the preseason, do your final rank, make sure they're set for posterity's sake and and all this. So just from like a personal standpoint, my head's swimming right now. And like we need Thursday to get here so the boat will actually get out to sea and we can, you know, put all that stuff behind us on, on land here. It's a good way to put it. It's like we're in the line to get into the airport and we're like, please, we don't want to miss our flight. Please, no delays. Now, let me ask you guys this real quick. Now, maybe this might be the fantasy analyst, like super personal question. So I'm going to ask you guys something really personal. Brandon, I'm going to start with you. How many leagues are you in? Uh, I believe I'm at eight. Um, eight. So eight. Okay. Yeah, so. Jake. Look, that's a couple more than I would prefer. I think six is like the wheelhouse. Before I ever did any type of fantasy analysis of any type, like two was kind of the wheelhouse, but this was also like many moons ago. People listening probably weren't born yet, unfortunately. <laughs> but now that number is risen. Jake, how many leagues are you in? Yeah, I kept it slim this year. I, it's under 10 managed over well over 10 for the best balls, but under 10 managed. I, I got it into single digits this year. I, I, I keep my promises, man. I'm telling you. If you counted best balls, are you, now are you both counting best balls when I ask you how many leagues you're in? No, that's why I say managed. That's a yeah. different thing because best <laughs> so. balls are done now. Like, we're just right, ride the wave and see how you finish. So yeah, uh, the, the managed is the single digits. Best balls included, I'm probably in about close to 20 total. I'm in that. I'm in around that 15 with best balls and everything like that. I feel like it gets like into that very personal, like how much do you make? And it's like, how many leagues are you in? Well, I don't play every single league for a hundred bucks or anything. (laughs) Uh, Today on the episode, since we are, this is like the, uh, the limbo of episodes because we haven't quite stepped into our week one full on schedule where, you know, Mondays will be uh, breaking down what's gone on the weekend before Thursdays. We are going to be looking at ranks, which we will be doing this week and pitting you two up against each other in your ranks. So this is kind of the limbo episode, but Let's piggyback off of exactly what I'm talking about here and getting personal about your leagues. And let's talk just a little bit about it, who we missed out and who we might be looking for in waivers for week one. Uh, Jake has got a column about that. Who are we mad that we missed out on? Cannot believe the shares that we didn't get. And then at the end, we didn't really have a, um, I wasn't here long enough to know and uh, for you guys to set it up, but have a big bold prediction show. So we'll get a couple bold predictions at the end here. I think we'll put that all together. But Jake, I actually thought this was really great that you put it together because I don't ever 
think everybody approaches it this way in going into week one, that we would have waivers, that people are even trying to think about week one waivers coming off your draft. And you just put an article together over at The Athletic that people can check out about where your priorities should be. It's actually a great article too, because it's much more expanding on your week one worries already, positional, uh, a whole bunch of players, and you put the caveats to where you're looking. So let's just talk about it here for a second. Jake, we'll start with you. As far as waivers going into week one, who were you prioritizing that you missed out on drafts and you were picking up? Oh, that's a completely kind of different strategy here. So you mentioned it in the articles. I, I talk about that. I'm looking for upside on waivers, but if you need a week one starter, maybe you drafted early and lost people to injury or situations got cloudy or anything like that. There's going to be a difference. Like, you know, I'm not picking up Mike Davis if I'm thinking anywhere past week two. Like, <laughs> just a, so that's really what it comes down to. But I went through and I always use Yahoo for default. Anything under 60% makes the cut. And there was quite a few. I mean, there's quite a few. Because Mike Davis was included, and I was surprised that Mike Davis wasn't 60% because he's likely the week one starter. But Kenyon Drake is in that same conversation. But more so, that's a, that's a sidebar. The, the big four, uh, one is another running back, Khalil Herbert. For Khalil Herbert having that value where you could potentially have, you know, worst case scenario, like a McKissick type of situation, but eventually push into, like, everybody's talking about Ramondre Stevenson potentially being more valuable than Damon Harris. I think that's a good comparison. And I think that's what you can see is where they should be finished close to each other, but you're getting the rounds different. So more so, it's the wide receivers. Now, again, what I was about to say is Yahoo's default, and maybe Yahoo needs to change, and I'll pick a different site, but Yahoo's default is still, I'm surprised. Funston, talk to your boys over there, <laughs> and women over there. It's still default two wide receiver. Like, it's three wide receivers, what it should be. I think there's the only site left that's still defaulting to two. I mean, I think NFL.com, maybe. Anyway, the point being is that's maybe why these wide receivers are out there, but I'm shocked that Garrett Wilson is out there because Garrett Wilson got a ton of hype, name value, love for him, and maybe the offense kind of looking poor, the quarterback situation, whatever it might be, is pushing him down. DJ Chark is a starter for the Lions alongside of Monron St. Brown until Jamison Williams gets back. He should not be sitting out there. And then a top 35 wide receiver from last year. Everybody's sitting here going, oh, what about Russell Gage? What about Julio Jones? Three wide receivers always have value for Tom Brady. The third wide receiver for Joe Burrow just had a top 35 value in Tyler Boyd. And if anything were to happen to T. Higgins or anything happened to Jamar Chase, you'd be talking about 25 value. And I'm not saying go start Tyler Boyd, but why the hell is Tyler Boyd sitting out there in so many leagues? You mentioned a couple of things that really stand out to me. I can't believe, and it's probably because I play in a lot of bigger leagues. I have a lot of 16-man leagues and stuff like that. That Khalil Herbert's out there just doesn't even make sense to me uh, when I would throw that one out. I uh, Bogman and I, Scott Bogman uh, and I are doing an episode over on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast about our highest shares. Bogman's got 19 leagues this year, including best ball. I've got, like you know, like I said, 14. And um, one of the things that ended up coming out of there, we, we tiered out every single share we have. And by position, one of my, he's tied, my highest shared running back is Khalil Herbert. So that's kind of one that shocked me. I have the most shares of him and, and another guy put together. The other one on your list that stood out to me as well was the Raheem Mostert one. I have uh, been very adamant that Raheem Mostert is going to be a heavy part of this offense. McDaniel knows him. There's a trust there. He's got a burst. If he's healthy, they're going to give him run. And I think he is he's the different back from Edmonds and Miles Gaskin. So I've been swooping up Mostert where I can in leagues. 
And I just think, I just think he's going to surprise a lot of people. So as far as a waiver wire, I really jump on that. Brandon, as far as your leagues go, when you're putting these together, you're looking at who's available out in the wire. What type of uh, priority were you putting on week one waivers? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It was a weird place to have to be that you came out of a draft and you're already looking for help in week one. I think, you know, for myself, a lot of it would be like, you know, picking up a long-term play like Garrett Wilson, someone like that, uh, you know, is going to be something. But if people are out there, there are, there are players that are widely available that could help you in week one. I, you know, I think you chase the Naheem, Naheem Hines value and JD McKissick going up against Jacksonville, uh, Kenneth Gainwell uh, with Miles Sanders, you know, having dealt with that hamstring issue, go, go up against the Lions. So you like that. And Alec Pierce, he's out there in a lot of leagues and he's going up against Houston, Stupid. going up against Houston. He's probably the number two target in this offense. And, you know, I asked Jake last week, it was Damian Pierce, the only rookie you would start. And I think Alec Pierce maybe it's all Pierce's all Pierce rookies are starters in week one. So, um, but there's not a lot of rookies that look really good out of the gate. I think Alec Pierce is one of those guys. You know, there's probably also a tactic uh, you can think about as well, where sometimes you're trying to get ahead of like, when I think of week one waivers, by the way, my brain goes to next week, which is technically week two waivers. That's the important first week you know, off of all of the stuff that happens off of week one. And sometimes that tactic is out there, Jake, where it's like you're just simply trying to maybe get ahead of who might be the big breakout guy. So if for whatever reason, Alec Pierce actually is, you know, on your waiver wire, maybe take a look at your, you know, your roster construction, see what you have and see, is there a way that I can move someone else off to get one of those high upside rookie type of players that might be sitting out there because the possibility for them to jump up in week one, they could become a waiver wire priority. So sometimes it might just be, do you, would you play that just the tactic of getting ahead of the game instead of even just looking for the production in week one? Oh, hundred percent. And that's why if you go to the article, I talk about that in the intro is that this is ranked on upside. I, I you know, Yes, you might need Mike Davis for week one if something happened. But as Brandon said, it's very rare. Like, what is it? Probably 5% of the teams, 10% at most that actually need to pick somebody up to start in week one because most people don't draft in July and August or very beginning of August, I should say. So if that's not the thought process, then your thought process should be just pure upside. And Jeff Wilson falls into that. What, what if Elijah Mitchell is not ready for week one and Jeff Wilson is the lead? And then all of a sudden Jeff Wilson goes out there and runs 20 for 90 and a touchdown people are and that's the biggest thing is why you get ahead of it too is real quick caveat here is please play in fab leagues don't don't, don't screw around with waiver order but that being said whether you're playing in either you're going to have to be super aggressive on waivers next week because you waited and you're sitting on somebody like Jarvis Landry on your bench where like okay maybe you use Jarvis Landry three times where Alex Pierce goes crazy in week one Jeff Wilson goes crazy in week one even Traylon Burks, maybe Robert Woods looks like toast and Traylon Burks goes off and like all this pre-camp buzz about being not healthy and being on a different page, like it just goes out the window. That's the thing is you're, you're able to save for more better needs down the road or not better needs, but potentially more important needs down the road. Yeah. And I want you to go check out this article. It's very robust. Like I said, that Jake put together. I mean, we're talking from position to guys to be patient. You've got a dumpsville and you're got, you're going 20 deep. Uh, as far as each position goes on waiver wires. So if you want to have like a comprehensive look of under the 60%, go and check that out. I read through it. Uh, I definitely dug it. It also is kind of an eye opener when you play like us, we play in like a lot of leagues and you look and you're just like, geez, 
why are these guys available? Like, like, but it's Yahoo. You're just, you're, you know, your standard is going by percentages owned and under, and you just forget, you know, it's not all there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of 10 man leagues that are out there that are going to leave the Alec Pierce's and Raheem Mostert's of the world, just sitting out on the wire. Now, like I said, I uh, have an article or I have a podcast coming out that is based around shares. And it's going to be, you know, the most shares. We, uh, Bogman and I have always kind of done this, taking a look. And it's always interesting looking at roster construction. Usually when you look at your roster on the most shares, you're actually going to probably be like, like feel gross about yourself. Because you're going to be like, oh, why do I have so much of, you know, Brevin Jordan? Not that that's necessarily gross, Jake, or anything. But it's just like, why is the most owned player? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card this guy it's because it's not going to be saquon barkley it's not going to be alvin Kamara. it's not going to be usually somebody sexy it's going to be just a bunch of weird names you got later in the draft but it begs the question on the inverse of who did you come out of your drafts missing and i'm fascinated to know that from both of you guys i have got a couple here so let's go uh let's go one to one down here and uh brandon let's start with you these are players that you are upset. Why don't I have more of these guys coming out of my drafts? Who was the number one guy that jumped out to you when you were uh, kind of deconstructing your drafts and your rosters? Yeah, I was trying to look at guys that I like a lot that I didn't end up getting a lot of. And that Michael Pittman jumped out to me. And I, you know, it was kind of the issue was showed itself out in my draft yesterday, my local league. Michael, I have Michael Pittman as wide receiver 13. So I think I'm actually a little ahead of the industry on him in terms of where people are ranking him. I know he's close to that, but I'm bullish. Uh, but like in my draft last night, a guy took him at wide receiver seven overall. So mm. I feel mm. like in, in all these drafts that I'm doing, like there is this Michael Pittman stand every time that just kind of, you know, thwarts my, my ability to get him at a reasonable kind of close to ADP where or where I have him ranked. So uh, just kind of one of those weird anomalies where a guy I like a lot ranked higher than, you know, the industry that I just end up not getting because, you know, there's always that guy. Who did he take Pittman over? Uh, yeah, he took him over. Uh, let's see. He took him over Tyree Kill and Keenan Allen, who went right oh. after him. So that, I mean, and then DJ Moore, Mike Evans and Debo went like a pick after that. So, um, yeah, he took him in a in a run of some pretty nice receivers. He's definitely Pittman's definitely in that little group of guys where it's like they haven't moved into an elite status and people are like, I just got to get them. It's like, you know, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman, the running back version has now become, you know, like Damian Pierce. There's just a couple of those players that I don't know if you call them the buzz guys or whatnot, but they're going to be reached for heavily. What round did that end up putting Pittman in the second round? The second round. And, you know, it's like. There, it's a it's a really good situation for him. You know, we just talked about sure. Alec Pierce might be the number two target. Naheem Hines, you know, might be fighting him for number two. There's not a slam dunk tight end. You know, last year there was T.Y. Hilton. They were a little super run heavy. I think, you know, the thought is that they might be a little bit more balanced and Matt Ryan brings a little more competency. So I think he, it's really easy to talk yourself into Michael Pittman, uh, you know, and I think that's kind of works against me in trying to get him on my rosters. 
Jake, give me your top player, uh, number one, that you missed out, that you're upset you don't have more shares of. Not super upset about uh, Elijah Mitchell real quick. He's not my number one. I was just surprised. And that mostly came down to how I drafted is that when he's coming off the board, normally I'm going wide receiver because he's kind of in that range. Uh, But so I will say wide receiver and there are two. The top one that I'm most upset about is Rashad Bateman. I I do think that I'd said this time and again, partly why I'm so high on Lamar Jackson for a rebound season fantasy wise is because I believe that Bateman's a better fit than Marquise Brown was. And I think Bateman can have the top 20, potentially even top 15 receiver finish this year. But it seemed like similar to what Fonston was saying about Pittman is like around the range where I'm like, hey, I'm ready to go Bateman. And it's like, well, somebody was like jumping up a half round earlier to get Bateman and make them his good. Like Bateman, Pittman and Sutton felt like the three that everybody was like, I'm going to get them because I don't want to wait the round and miss on them. And they ended up going like fringe wide receiver ones, potentially even top 10, as you mentioned, for Pittman. So uh, I wanted more Bateman. I didn't get enough of them. I think I have like one or two shares. And, you know, it's funny. I'm, I mean, I'm going to get a third here. I'm going to join in in this conversation that maybe I felt like we would go into this being like, it's always heavy running backs. Like, oh, I don't have enough running backs. I want this running back. But I'm going to, you know, put my hand up as the third person that has a wide receiver because my number one was DJ Moore. DJ Moore is one of those guys I think is going to take that next big push where, and this is a perfect example, where people are overreaching into Sutton and Pittman, it leaves DJ Moore into this fantastic spot where you're getting him outside of a wide receiver one. I think production-wise, he's going to play easily as a wide receiver one with a little bit more of a, I suppose, competent quarterback if you want to play it like that. Christian McCaffrey healthy. I love DJ Moore this year. When I looked at my shares, I couldn't believe I had one share of him because that was a main target. And also, I play a lot more early running back in a lot of my roster construction. So to then see that, like that would be the prime guy that I would get on. And to see that I don't end up getting DJ Moore was a shock to me that uh, he wasn't on more of my roster. So it's funny that all of these ended up becoming wide receivers. Uh, Brandon, number two for you of players that you're disappointed that you did not get. Yeah, and I don't know if I have a good reason for why I don't have uh, more of him. I think I have one share of Travis Etienne and... The reason I'm surprised I don't have more is because where I have ETN ranked, I think he has the least amount of question marks around. You know, it's in the area where there's David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson. And I've kind of mentioned this before about this, you know, outside the top 15 or 16 running backs, you start to get all these question marks hanging around. And I don't have ETN inside my top 16, but among the running backs outside my top 16, he seems like the one who has the most upside and the least amount of question marks hanging over him. And I, I say that saying, I don't consider James Robinson to be a real question mark threat to him. I, I just really don't. Um, so yeah, for whatever reason, if I've you know, if, if it typically I end up looking at wide receivers in that time range when ETN's still on the board or what's been going on, but there's some kind of nuance that has not led me to Travis ETN and drafts. And I'm kind of disappointed in that. I kind of agree with that one. Also, the news came out that it, it's looking like <clears throat> James Robinson would be active for week one, but I think there's a question about what the production is going to look like early on. I'm a huge Travis Etienne guy, but I think my problem is like Etienne, I think falls in that same range as like DJ Moore. Like they're kind of right in the same range. So I don't know what the hell I was doing. Like if I wasn't getting Etienne and I wasn't getting DJ Moore, I don't know what I got. <laughs> I have to go back and look at my drafts. Like what was I yeah. possibly doing? Those are two players I would have loved to have gotten. Uh, and I actually agree with you on Etienne as well. Jake, number two, you said you had two wide receivers. You had kind of glossed and mentioned Eli Mitchell. You and I are both, I'm a Niner fan, but also I'm an Eli Mitchell fan. 
you and I were both very big on him, uh, which is nice to have uh, some <laughs> some a company with that because I don't feel like that's a popular, popular opinion right now for whatever reason. You mentioned Mitchell. You mentioned that you had a second wide receiver that you were uh, upset you don't have more shares of. Yeah, it's Elijah Moore. I, I've been on saying Elijah Moore. Everybody's focused on Wilson and what it's going to be for the Jets offense. And the fact that Elijah Moore was number two from the final six weeks of the season last year, at wide receiver, wide receiver five, if you want to go to points per game, but still top five. I'm not talking about he was a wide receiver two. He was the wide receiver two and top five in points per game. Like, he went on a terrific run, and yes, I do think Garrett Wilson means the ball gets spread around a little bit more because Garrett Wilson's a great talent, and maybe Corey Davis isn't a complete bust like he was last year for this team, but I just I look at more and the excitement everybody had for him last year because of the talent that he is and because it finally hit set, you know, basically halfway through the season, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I don't know about Elijah Moore. I don't even know if I want him as a wide receiver three. And I was getting a lot of them, but I don't know if like the smartness kind of came around and he got pushed up or maybe, you know, I was getting tight ends in that really. Like, but it just kind of felt like, wow, I look back and I feel like I have like three. Now, again, now I'm going back to the managed teams and not the best balls. I do have a few more in best balls, but my managed teams, I think it's three out of my eight teams that I have them. And it's like, man, I wanted them on every team. He'd have been, he's a great, like, <clears throat> I mean, what, what were you trying to place him as? Like a wide receiver three? Uh, or were you getting him in spots where he could have even been lower? Mostly lower More. for a while. Like my wide receiver four. And I was happy to have him as my three. I think he's well, got a lot more upside and a better floor than people give him credit for than a lot of the wide receiver threes out there. Like, I, look, Marquise Brown. There's a lot of people that are super fans of Marquise Brown. And I like Marquise Brown, but I just don't know what Marquise Brown is when Hopkins comes back fantasy wise. I just feel like if you told me from now to the like, even before that happens, just the full season, I can see Wilson or Wilson, Elijah. There you go. I can see Elijah Moore finishing in front of Marquise Brown on the season, period. You know, what's funny about that one is I feel like they've both got a same like general sense of a question around them but I don't think they would be put in the same tier. I think people would be like, well, being a Jet is worse than maybe DeAndre Hopkins coming back when you're in the Cardinals offense. Like, that's more of a of a fantasy fear drafting any Jets. When sometimes, you know what, the value off of bad teams with great players can pay off. Amon Rossi Brown was kind of like that last year. Elijah Mitchell can, you know, be that exact one. My last one is a big one. Uh, it's a big-name guy. It's just someone that I've been uh, – I feel like I've ranked really high – check it out if you go on to and you do any drafts or you connect your drafts with fantasy pros and you've ever drafted Najee Harris you probably would have gotten a good grade by me under your like five people that like you you'd probably see the Welsh going hey I really like your draft because of Najee Harris because I'm a big Najee Harris guy and I ended up getting uh, only one share now I know that's it can be kind of silly because it's like well you have to have top-ish spots but I don't have to have top three four five you know it's like Najee Harris can go anywhere from four down to 10 and I do play in some deeper leagues, which can set you out of there, but I was really disappointed because I wanted to have heavy shares, especially when you're talking about running backs that are going to be primaries on their team without a whole lot of, you know, a secondary uh, running back or any, like even like a Madison behind a cook, there is none of that. And that's something I really like about Najee Harris plus all the receptions. And I was just disappointed. I didn't get any of him. So Jake, let me ask you this real quick and then we'll go to Brandon. Is there a number one share player? I didn't put this on the sheet for you guys. If you had to guesstimate, since we're talking about we missed out on all these players. Okay, who is your your top share guy? 
There's two. It's I, I okay. think about ninety percent for these two. It's Cam Akers and Juju Smith Schuster, and it's because I see Cam Akers as a fringe RB one. And I mentioned this on my own football show this morning. I'm ready for one month from now, October, I think it was like third, fourth, fifth, somewhere around there. I'm ready to be like, hey, I was 100% wrong. I got fooled. I was fooled. But I look at what the team told us. I said it a billion times that Akers is a bell cow coming off that injury in the playoffs with other options. And I think Sean McVay is just being cute. And all the beat reporters are saying they see Akers practicing. They see him on the field. So I think he's playing games with us. I'm ready to be wrong on him. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, everybody was trying to play. Marquez Valdez-Scanley, Sky Moore, Michael Harvey, and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's the number one going in the biggest quarterback upgrade potentially of all time, let alone just especially this season, going from Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes. And I have Juju Smith-Schuster as a top 20 wide receiver. So Juju Smith-Schuster and Cam Akers, it wasn't even close. Uh, you mentioned Brevin Jordan. I didn't have as much Brevin Jordan as people might think because – well, because, like, unless you're in a deep 14 team, like, you usually don't even get down to him in drafts because I still had him in the teams. I potentially already poured one out for him, though, because the O.J. Howard <laughs> signing just means he's going to be on the field and taking snaps away from Brevin Jordan. That pisses me off. You did take you did put that as a caveat in your article. You were just like, you're like, eh, a little bit of water cooled down on uh, Brevin Jordan. By the way, uh, I, I got my first share of Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I think, on Monday, but... My number one highest share of any player in my drafts this year, Sky Moore. So we'll see how this works out uh, was my number one player. Brandon, it's the same question. Like I said, I didn't prepare you for it. But since we talked about the guys you're upset that you missed on, uh, just who is your top share player, if you can, uh, if you can recall it? Uh, you know, I, I would guess, but I'm, I'm guessing probably Dak Prescott because I haven't been early <laughs> quarterback at all. So it's just the guy that I like to target. In that, you know, when you get into that Rodgers, Brady, Stafford range, I'm in on Dak Prescott because he's never not been a QB one. I think that we're over, you know, we're over worrying about the Amari Cooper loss. And I think we're going to see him run a little bit more. So I end up just kind of defaulting to Dak when it's usually around QB nine to 11, where I'm looking to get my quarterback. Um, and then Najee Harris, a guy I got, a, a, you know, we just talked about him. I got him at 11 last night in my league. I just think this list Frank, you know, thing that popped up is a gift for anybody who wants to draft Najee Harris. Like this is an injury that if it's so bad, I, I'll go back to why did they even play him in the final preseason game? If it was such a bad injury, I think we've actually gotten a, you know, a little cheaper value on Najee Harris because of this news, which I think is an absolute, absolute nothing burger. And uh, so take that one to the bank. You know, if you're still drafting, uh, I, I wouldn't worry about that one iota. The Dak thing is interesting that you even said that too, because I just have him so much higher. And we did that the last draft I just did, he fell to quarterback nine. And that was yeah. me. You know, usually like I, I've, I've tended to be, I have a, like higher shares of higher quarterbacks this year. A lot of Lamar Jackson. That's my, I think, number one shared quarterback. Trey Lance and actually Lamar Jackson. I have a, I have a type of running back quarterback that I like uh, to get those rushing yards. But um, I didn't get them in this one. I actually did get, I think I actually paired Trey later, but Dak fell to nine and that was just a shock to me. I hadn't seen that happen. I think Dak belongs in that like top five, top six conversation. And you had uh, Kyler and you had Tom Brady going over. And we're not going to, I think he's probably in the same tier. I'm not going to kill anybody on it, but it's fun. It's a good exercise for everybody to go and explore yourself. Uh, if you've got more than one team, see where, you, see where your shares are, see how disappointed or happy you are. And also maybe that'll help that urge you're going to have midway through week one on Sunday 
where you're like, oh my God, I need to go and trade everything for this player. Like maybe hold back just a second. Maybe understand you're just having FOMO, a little bit of FOMO here. Go big or go home. Make some bold, big predictions. You guys know how to do it. I have uh, asked you both to put a couple big dogs that we can go into this season for that everybody can hold your feet to the fire, can say, why were you wrong, Jake? You said this was going to happen. This is ridiculous. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Everyone is going to get mad at you whenever you make a bold prediction. So let's start it off. You guys have each got one, uh, two bold predictions for me. We'll start with you, Jake, with uh, number one, go big or go home. Bold prediction for the coming season that's just around the corner. Well, just I also want credit for the one that I did a month ago with Michael Beller. That that one doesn't get to go away just because now everybody thinks it's not bold. But is the Damian, Damian Pierce? Pierce, yeah, the Damian Pierce, like that 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 still that still counts as one of my three. So I gave you two new ones. Uh, the first one I will say is that if you want this year's Joe Burrow, just had to head to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is this year's Joe Burrow, throwing for well over four thousand yards, over thirty touchdowns gets some rushing upside, finishes as a top 10 quarterback, and is the god of quarterback position that we all thought he could be coming out of college with that glorious flowing Thor hair. So, yes, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is the prettier Joe Burrow in fantasy in 2022. I wish the video was uh, active for everybody on this. As soon as you said it, me and Brandon's eyebrows, we both went, huh? <laughs> we both, we both yeah. did like the dog, like, oh, okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence is – so who is um, Trevor Lawrence's Jamar Chase? Well, I was, just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, if you think those numbers could happen, then like Christian Kirk, I've got ranked too low. You know, I think it's yeah. like, yeah, you oh, have to, to say Christian Kirk has got to be to there. that point. I have Christian Kirk over Darnell Mooney. Everybody's like, well, Darnell Mooney is, you know, it'll be fine. All the targets and no Christian Kirk, all the targets. Marvin Jones is going to be valuable. Like he's probably going to be frustrating because I think Zay Jones all the rest are going to be involved. Travis Etienne is going to get a lot of receptions at the backfield. I think Evan Ingram is a nice sleeper option where you could, I guess he's basically a post type sleeper is he could replicate his rookie season, which hasn't happened since then. And I think that Trevor Lawrence could throw 4,400 yards, but I will say that Christian Kirk might be the only one on the team to eclipse a thousand. It could be like the old Tom Brady years. I'm not calling him Tom Brady. Let's chill out everybody. But I did just call him Joe Burrow. So I think you can Sounds see, like you it, but I bring Tom up, Brady. I know, but I, I think I bring up Brady to say, like, it was those years where it was like, Gronk. I mean, he threw for, like, go back to Brady. He threw for, like, 44, 45, 4,600 yards, and only one person would eclipse 1,000 yards. So are you saying that Trevor Lawrence is going to finish higher this year in fantasy than Joe Burrow and Tom Brady? Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. I was okay. saying Trevor Lawrence is the king of buy the cake, not the icing also. If you All get right. the, there you go. Yeah, I like that. All right, uh, Brennan, number one, go big or go home. Bold prediction for the season as we go into week one, number one. Yeah, I, I was going to go with Gabe Davis, 12-plus touchdowns. Uh, you know what? I could I could be bolder and say he leads wide receivers in touchdowns. I think it's completely Ooh, in play. Like and, you know, I like – you can go back and look at his red zone numbers inside the 10-yard line numbers when he was a part-time player and he was pushing – like even last year he was pushing Stephon Diggs. I think he was one behind Diggs in total – targets inside the 10 the year before that when he hardly played he was like third on the team but it was it was a, it was a decent number I just think now that he's going to be on the field so often I mean he truly is going to be in my mind the lead uh you know guy getting looks in the end zone for a quarterback who might throw 40 touchdowns so uh I think it's completely in play the 12 is is kind of conservative to me I mean 
it's it would still be a great number, but it's a conservative bold prediction. I think you could to be really bold, say that he could lead all wide receivers in touchdowns. I like that one. I like the Gabe Davis leads all wide receivers in touchdowns. To- no one's totally going to remind you about that one, Brandon. I like that one <laughs> yeah. a lot. That's, so <laughs> Gabe Brandon Davis is saying one. he's Randy Moss is what yeah, he's saying. That's right. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, number two, then of your big calls for the year, Jake, you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence finishing higher than Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. And what is number two? <laughs> I love how you just taken that and just yeah. made it a thing now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the- just going to keep, finding all of these <laughs> so this one might not feel bold ish but i think if you look at the way people are treating him it at least feels bold to me and because this wide receiver's already finished top 15 just last year but i think dk metcalf is back inside the top 15 again honestly if you want me to really bold stamp it let's say dk why, why not we're doing bold today dk metcalf is a wide receiver one again everybody i just brought up darnell moody everybody makes apologies for Mooney and Kirk and what about like Allen Robinson last year? Allen Robinson's gonna be fine. Look at all the terrible quarterbacks he's always plays with. And all of a sudden, we're destroying DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for playing with Geno Smith, who's shown himself to be a capable quarterback, who Brandon Funston on this very show has referenced time and again of the fact that he threw all of his touchdowns to DK Metcalf, even though he slightly targeted Lockett more. I think we're burying one of the premier wide receiver talents talents in the NFL for an unjustified reason. And we're the same the same reason we want to give everybody else passes. So, I think DK Metcalf that that's another one that creep that crept into my most rostered uh, player because I was getting him basically late August once people are just keep pushing him down into the 20s. I was about to say, if this one works out, oh, we we're going to have cash money this year. We're going to be good because DK <laughs> Metcalf is that guy every stupid draft I would do you're looking and you see that next tier wide receiver and then right above them DK Metcalf is sitting there no one wanted to draft on him so I love I love Deontay Johnson more than anybody and yet why is he why isn't he a different conversation than DK Metcalf why is everybody like oh Deontay's gonna be stratosphere in draft right even considered close I'm baffled by this so DK Metcalf or Gabe Davis no DK Metcalf okay DK Metcalf or Devontae Adams (laughs) <laughs> Devontae Adams. <laughs> just gauge it, just gauge it, just see if I can get you, see if I can get you work going. All right, uh, Brandon, number two on big, bold prediction. Oh, what do you think about, because uh, you're, aren't you a Seahawks fan? Uh, yeah. I am, I am, I, yeah. Uh, what are you, just outside here. Seattle. Yeah, oh, we got Niners, Seahawks, and God knows, Jake, what are you right now? Are you a Jaguars fan, not a Giants fan? You're still a Giants fan. Oh, right? no, they brought a kicker back. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. a Giant, I'm an angry Giants fan. I'm just doing the same thing I did with the Mets. They, I waited yeah. for the Wilpons to be gone before I was fully in, and now I'm just, I need one year of transition until we finally got rid of Gettle Nugglehead. Is it a, uh, is it a battle of your own children of DK versus Gabe Davis, Brian? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I am DK, uh, okay. but. But in, in a way, like I hope that Jake's prediction doesn't actually come true because it probably means the Seahawks win a couple more games than I want them <laughs> this year. They really need to tank. And if DK's top 12 at wide receiver, I'm, I'm worried that's more like a seven-win season. Oh, you guys tank for Bryce? Is that what we're doing? We're tanking for Bryce? Yeah, well, I don't know. I didn't watch either Bryce or CJ in their first in their first game, but I, I'm going to need to do that and just start well. – Make, deciding who I think this team needs for sure. Maybe go watch some. I was about to say go watch some Florida. I literally was coming out of my mouth. Jay. Yeah, go watch some I watched that game. Yeah, he looks. And Rich, it's funny. Richardson. It's funny how quickly everybody's sitting here. Like it's like I was. Why do we have Levis in front of Richardson? And then one week, and everybody's like, "Ooh, maybe we should have Rich." Anyway, I, I had a lot. Oh, of you're gonna get me started on a tangent. It's, it's not, not even the off season. Thing. We're not, not even rookies. Let's season, go. But I watched <laughs> Richardson, and he looked phenomenal. All right, last bold prediction. 
Brandon shoot. Uh, Aaron Jones leads all running backs in receptions. He's his career high is 52. I think it's telling that you go to, you know, look at like bet MGM. They, they have this number set at 66 and a half. So they're already like projecting 14 more than his career high. And I, you know, you look at Matt LaFleur saying we have a one a and one a running back. Well, I just think it means if that's really going to be the case and you're upping AJ Dillon, you know, I think you're really upping Aaron Jones in the passing game where it was a huge need, as we've talked about. And I think one of the most interesting storylines of week one is going to be how this Green Bay passing attack kind of breaks down and where the distribution is. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be used because he's a fantastic receiver, and I think they're going to lean into that a lot this year. I'm not, I'm not being a smart ass, but 100 receptions? No, like- I think it's in play. I, I mean that that happens. It's, it's, I, I would I would say it's going to be eighty plus if I'm being on the bold side. Le- who who led last year? Was it Najee or the last year was Harris? Harris was seventy four. Eckler was seventy. And yeah. the reason I bring up a hundred is because Christian McCaffrey was like one hundred seven and one fifteen or something ridiculous like that. Well, I was thinking two this, years. this is this is so bold too because Christian McCaffrey is you know theoretically back healthy, healthy as of today. Najee has <laughs> of today. Najee Harris the amount of he catches. The ball that would be a very bold prediction and i think a lot of people have kind of had this in the back of their mind though is that you know we we keep fighting i i'm a alan lazard guy but you've got all these other guys but at the end of the day aaron jones might be full and through the number one wide receiver for this team out of the backfield regardless of where he is and that would be a pretty bold prediction and i'm kind of team aaron jones as well this year i'm one of the things i'm most fascinated actually about in week one is to see how the A.J. Dillon-Aaron Jones split is going to end up working and how it's going to put together. And I know we've all got a whole bunch of these that are going to play out, and we might get to play some of them out in the next episode as Jake and Brandon are going to be pitted up against each other in their week one ranks. We're going to take a look at their ranks for the coming week. We are going to see some of the most interesting. We're going to have some debates, and you guys are going to get an early look or at least an audible audio look at uh, some of the ranks for week one in our final preparation Thank you, God, for football finally being here. <laughs> and thank you to Brandon. Thank you to Jake. Find them on Twitter at AllInKid, at Brandon Funston. Make sure also that you guys subscribe uh, to The Athletic. It's There's a great deal going on right now. Go and find Jake's article. Click on it. Sign up. And then you can just peruse all of the good waiver wire stuff because there's a whole lot more that's going to be over there from the boys here that is going to be on The Athletic that you guys are going to want to check out. So go and sign up today. Get yourself an account. Follow me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. Thank you guys for hanging out with us right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Jake, for Brandon, I am Welsh, and we will see you next time. Bye, friends. 